Welcome everybody to the next episode of Ion Talk. I have my new friend Nico DeGrange here in the house. Yeah. And so excited to have you here, man. I'm excited to be here. It's yeah. gonna be a good one. Oh my gosh. Um, it was just actually a few weeks ago, right? We got to meet each other. Yeah. And uh, it was very interesting because I just felt really compelled in the spirit by our conversations that we had. And uh, we can kind of go more into that, right? But um, I was just thinking, man, we need to have a conversation with each yeah, other and yeah. actually record it because I feel like there's a lot of good things to share. Um, Nico, tell me, um, what is it that brought you to Hawaii and um, why are you here? The uh, real simple answer is I'm just coming to visit a friend. Uh, he just moved out here uh, over the summer. Um, but it's been kind of cool how everything has set, it, set itself up in a way. Uh, so I came out here just to visit him, um, but I've been getting involved in like the community, meeting a lot of locals, uh, just really hanging out um, and in getting to enjoy the island, but still getting my work done in the morning. And so it's been, uh, it really feels like a gift from God. Yeah, um, after having just a few conversations with you, Nico, um, I'm realizing there's just so many different things that are so interesting that you've been able to participate in and be a part of and at the same time too um, because you're so well accomplished in a lot of different areas it's easy for people to kind of slap labels on oh like you do this or you've done this or um, but what uh, what are some of the few I guess highlights of, of uh, yeah I don't know how you are able to explain all these different things just in one thing but what are you all about yeah yeah well I'll give you the spark notes version um rather than launching into a deep, long story, because you know we both could talk for hours. Sheesh. This, this um, time frame doesn't do it justice. Yeah, so uh, I, I grew up in Maryland. Uh, my mom, psychotherapist, my dad's a mechanic, so interesting blend. Uh, surprisingly, my dad was a more talkative one, wow. probably because my mom was solving problems, other people's problems all day. Uh, but it launched me into this, um, I had a unique upbringing in that I was able to uh, understand psychology subconsciously from a really young age, um, but also have uh, a, a dad who was extremely technical. Wow. And so I wanted to design cars when I was little, and so my whole trajectory was was for that. So I went to Drexel for uh, mechanical engineering, um, ended up switching after my first year to business and engineering because I was like, I can't sit behind a computer all day sure. and just like <laughs> practice math problems. Um, while I was at Drexel, I ended up uh, moving to Singapore, working for a robotics company. Wow. And I was a part of a team of, I believe, like eight or nine. Um, and the second day I was there, my boss calls me in and goes like, hey, you're not an intern. You're like, we're treating you like a full-time employee. You're going to be in charge of this new program all throughout Asia and Oceania. And more and on the business side or actually on the mechanical side? or a It was both? a perfect blend of both wow. because I was having to use... Um, like my sales experience. I had worked for um, like a boutique real estate company in Philly, uh, just as like on the marketing and sales side before I had moved. So that kind of was like a good setup for this. But I was also on the technical side. So I had to learn their coding language. Um, I was helping with like tech support if there were calls, but I was also explaining all of the intricacies of the programming language to our potential buyers and then saying like, hey, you know, would you be willing to code? We can give you free marketing. If they had like a hand or a gripper, we were industrial robotic arms. Yeah. So we were looking for this collaboration. Um, that being said, I was only 20 when I moved. Oh and so gosh. it was a complete culture drain. 
um, and it was a complete reset for me. And it was actually harder for me to move back Absolutely. to the States than, than moving to Singapore in the mm, first place. It's that reverse culture shock, right? I guess once you fully yeah. immerse yourself into a new country, they speak English over there in Mandarin, I believe, yeah. too, right? Yep. Uh, I can say Nic Nicola, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I just remember all like the laws. So. Yeah. Um, but you know, beyond just the Hainan chicken and the chili crab, um, I'm sure there's just a lot of just adjustments that you had to make in terms of just being this young American coming into this foreign country. What was that pivot like for you? Um, it was a train wreck, uh, if there was any word to put to it. Um, so leading up into this point, I was just like, extremely reckless uh, because I knew how to manipulate people uh, through my body language and my words. Uh, it led me into a lot of situations that I wish I wouldn't have gotten myself into, uh, but God restores all things. Mm. Uh, and so he actually met me there uh, like in the depravity of my life. Yeah, you're a rascal, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I mean, like, like, who isn't when they're in their early 20s? Yeah, so. um, but it was so catalyzed. Like I you know, I didn't grow up with a whole lot of money, but I always found favor with a lot of people who, who had a lot of money. And so I was basically able to indulge in whatever I wanted. I got into, the first week I was on the island, I got into every club. Uh, I met somebody who could get me into any club on the island for free, and I never paid for a drink at any of the clubs. Like wow. a 20-year-old's dream, right? <laughs> right? And so it just like, uh, it, it catalyzed this um, reckless lifestyle where I was like, oh, there's no consequences for my mm. actions until I found myself in a place where I didn't want to be. And so I actually wrote a book about my testimony and, wow. and my, I should say my life story really, because uh, there are multiple little testimonies that we share all throughout our lives. And, and this is more so focusing on your time in Singapore during this period or? This follows my life from the time I grew up, uh, like the environment that I was in, the things that shaped me, the people in my life, all the way up until I moved to LA, which was um, last year. Uh, in May of 2020. Wow. So just in this short, you're such a young man, right? I mean, we were yeah. just joking about this last yeah. week where, where you have just so much experience, but yet very young in age to the point where you can just even have a book uh, sharing about all these different testimonials and experience that God has done in your life thus far. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you guys are interested in that, you can check it out. It's called The One Who Follows. Um, this is not a promotional advertisement. <laughs> uh, I actually just wrote the book because I love to share stories. I love to hear people's stories. And so it's really just an encouragement uh, to share my story with others who I might not have time to sit down with and talk sure. it out. Um, Why but, did you feel that this was such an important thing to actually share um, through the format of a book? Um, I had switched from engineering to finance uh, in my final year of school. Uh, because I was like, if I ever want to run a business one day, I need to know more about corporate finance. Um, I had worked for two major companies. One was fashion, one was robotics. One was great with their money. One was terrible. I'm not going to mention which one it was. Um, <laughs> but it made me interested. I was like, oh, like financial stewardship in, in the business capacity is the, like what makes or breaks a business. It doesn't matter how good your product is. It doesn't matter how good your team is. If you don't know how to manage your finances, mm. you're not running a company because you don't have any money to run it with. Right. Um, and so when I switched to finance, I had to take all of these gen eds that were like writing, psychology, sociology, and my writing professor, I grew up, I was terrible at writing growing up, 
And uh, he kept failing me because he was like, you're not writing in your own voice. Mm. And I was like, dude, just let me pass. Like, <laughs> trying to get, get to my finance courses <laughs> yeah, and just yeah. graduate already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my fifth year at school. And uh, during that time, I realized, you know, all of my moving around, because after Singapore, I moved to Germany to study. I moved to London to study. Wow. Moved to Manhattan to work. I was realizing I was telling a little bit of my story to anyone and it always impacted people. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing all this writing anyways. Let me just go ahead and document. And so I sat down and I started documenting these memories chronologically with like a, a flow of like a general idea of the flow. And over two nights, I ended up writing 20,000 words. And I told my professor, and he was like, that's not normal. Right? <laughs> like, it sounds like you got a book. And I was like, I don't say those words, man. Like, I don't want to write a book. Yeah. And so but I didn't just touch it. just flow it out from you as you just kind of were able to recollect these moments and, and yeah. just tell these stories pretty much. Right? Yeah. And so I didn't touch it uh, for a while until COVID hit. And I couldn't get a job to save my life, uh, which was like mind-blowing to me. I had all this experience, and I, you know, I had favor with the people that I had worked with. And I just felt like, hey, I might never get another chance to mm. write a book ever. I might never get this time, so I'm just gonna go ahead and finish. And so I went ahead and just wrote, and I would only write when I felt like I could properly articulate uh, the memory yeah. or m my words. And yeah, so now it's published and it's out there and it's cool. Uh, it's, it's helped a lot of, it's impacted a lot of people. It's led to a lot of good conversations. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, that's a little bit about me. Um, and that kind of like launches me into what we're going to talk about today, which is uh, like this keyword, which is influence. influence. Like we hear it a lot in social media and, and marketing, but nobody has like a foundational principle of what yeah. influence is. What would you say is the common perception when people hear that word influence? Um, how do they internalize that? How do they, uh, Right, what's their interpretation of that? Yeah, I think LA does a good job of stereotyping oh influence <laughs> because we have lots of social media influencers there. And I wanna, generally, I want to like put quotes around that too. Yeah, right? <laughs> generally, like you would, you, you perceive like it's, it's, it's living a life above the rest. It's having something to say that's relevant for the time being and then having something else that's relevant for another time being. Um, but what's actually fascinating about influence is that it is this life presence that dominates uh, whatever is less last. Mm, that's not the right way to say it. It's more. It's more everlasting than the other things that it dominates. Mm. Influence has to be this much, right? Yeah. Um, like the sun. Uh, with the earth might be a good analogy. Like the reason that we're able to receive its heat is because it was burning brighter for a longer time. Mm, I like um, that metaphor. And, you know, we can nitpick about like what analogies might be used or what influence, but I, we're just going to use this time to like dive deeper into like what this is and, and what it means to, to have influence uh, specifically like within the business place. Because back to cultural perception of uh, influence and social media influencers, um, it seems that there only needs to be influence for what you're going through in life, mm. and that is pertinent, that, that's very relevant. Uh, but in order to have long-lasting influence and to really be moving forward in life, we need to ground ourselves on something 
longer lasting than we are, um, and that has uh, more wisdom than what we're seeking in the current moment because we're always wiser tomorrow than we are today. Mm -hmm. So, I'm sure there's this huge uh, common misperception too in terms of what is thought to be influence, right? A lot of times we see a lot of these um, influencers on, on social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, and maybe they've tricked the algorithm or been able to figure out a way to, yeah, to get followers, to get likes, um, but that might not necessarily equate to, to change, right? Yeah. I mean, it could be like, yeah, like we have more of a following and um, it can, yeah, be like, yeah, influence, but at the same time too, um, I feel like in order to, to promote eternal change, right, there needs to be something so much more than yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, a good place to start uh, uh, regarding influence is probably like the why of mm. like, why are we trying to be influential? Yeah. Uh, like, what are we trying to achieve? And that's really a heart posture. And so we see a lot of people lie about why they're trying to achieve something. This mm -hmm. is like, this is the, the psycho, like the psychological psych yeah. psychoanalysis in me um, that I learned from a young age. People can easily lie about why they're intending to do something. They can even lie so well that they lie to themselves, sure. not knowing what's, what's going, going on in mm -hmm. the heart. Um, and so like the case you presented, there are a lot of people who want to be influential uh, for the sake of solving some deep-seated insecurity within them, whether it's like, you know, life hacking for uh, health or life hacking for um, attention or mm -hmm. gaining more social media followers. Like, what's the point of being an influencer? Yeah, Why do you want right? to be an influencer? And, um, you know, this is just something to ask yourself, uh, what is influence to you? Because mm -hmm. if you don't have a, a charted definition for every area of your life of what influence is, then it's probably not a great foundation to sure. build off of. Yeah. Um, and in business, we look at influencers a little bit differently. It's the boss, you know, mm -hmm. it's the senior executive. With the startup culture right now and uh, the entrepreneur, this, this culture of entrepreneurship, which I'm so grateful that I had earlier opportunities before this like culture started burgeoning uh, like mid 2010s um, where everyone's calling themselves a CEO they can go out pitch an idea to a venture capitalist and get funding immediately they build things up and they tear things down quickly mm -hmm. and this is the nature of venture yeah. capital if there's not money flowing into it it's on to the next thing yeah. and a lot of the times what they're looking for is a good mind somebody who's mm -hmm. really committed to Definitely. an idea somebody who's committed to people and still we find that with this this influence that maybe a venture capital has or maybe the influence of having a title like chief executive officer mm -hmm. chief financial officer any any higher ranking position uh draws you into this mode where you're like, I'm not actually creating for the sake of creating anymore. I'm not creating for the sake of serving. There's and a different agenda, is, right? Yes. And business is supposed to be to serve others. And so mm. I tell people this all the time. If you want to be your own boss, you just serve more people. You, you don't move out of the state of servant. To be greater, you have to serve more. Mm. And so all good CEOs 
do a great job yeah. of serving people. Sounds serving very them. biblical. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> How funny. Some guys say that somewhere. Yeah. Um, where would you say is your uh, um, area of influence and maybe even a story of, of, of where you've been able to um, just see the results of, of uh, just that specific influence that you have? Yeah, um, that's a good question because I'm in the middle of it and yet still becoming Definitely. that thing. Yeah. Um, but I would say throughout my experiences, uh, some of the outside of my corporate experience with robotics, real estate, and, um, and fashion, uh, which was more like supply chain really, it was just like a slant to fashion. Mm -hmm. uh, I worked for a startup that was partnered with UPenn and Tesla for like automated driving software. Uh, I helped build like a financial uh, uh, retail investor facing uh, private equity platform. Um, and the what seems to be the, the common thread through all of this, um, I love talking to people. I love getting to know people. I love telling stories. You're very personable. That's, man. Yeah, that's, I mean, like, that's how we, that's how we function as human beings. Like that's, we're such, we're so relational. Mm. And so we need that. And so in hearing, getting to know other people and hearing their stories, I love to be able to make connections I'm very analytical at the same time. So I see everything at like a 50,000 foot view, but love mm. to dive deep into like, you know, the one thing within right, the right. great portrait. And so I would say my influence is in building um, and really uh, collecting and collaborating. Mm. Um, and the best way I, what helps me think about it on days when I'm struggling a bit is uh, like an architect lays out the plans and the foundation for the house. The builders, the general contractors, are the ones who actually come in and build, mm -hmm. but the architect, if not on site and not communicating with the mm -hmm. general contractors, can't really be of much help. If you just give blueprints and then you dip out and you're like, sure. I'll see you never, uh, chances are the house is going to have some issues or the building is going to have some issues. And um, I really find a lot of my influence is in building, uh, whether you... Uh, believe in the Bible or not, I take a lot of my principles from the Bible mm. um, just because it's basically like, um, it's a rich history of what people have done right and what people have done wrong in certain scenarios. Um, and there's great proverbs that have lasted uh, as long or longer than, you know, some of the oldest lasting kingdoms in the world. And so I take a lot of my principles from that and I really apply it to my relationships in business sure. and in the world. Yeah. And I find that uh, the more involved with people I get, the more people focused I get, the more, um, the more I fix my gaze on serving others, there becomes uh, no, distinguish, no distinguishing line between my personal life and business because my work becomes a service to my community. Um, and if I can serve my community through the work that I do, that's a bonus. Yeah. If I can't, then I can find another way to serve them. Maybe not through what my occupational, you know, title is, um, but that's you know that's just a perk. Mm -hmm. Your your uh, walk of faith is uh, so evident in terms of just what you stand for and 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 how you communicate. Um, how does that translate to? Um, just being in the marketplace as as servanthood, right? Or as you say, servanthood being one of the main ingredients in terms of uh, just that that why of of uh, why um, God has positioned you out there. But if you could just kind of speak more on 
on just yeah what it is that you stand for and how is it that you shine your specific light in in uh, the marketplace yeah um i love advancing technology uh so anything tech related uh coming up with you know ideating um creating from scratch uh taking something that might not be possible and trying to make it possible when i was in engineering uh engineering school i realized I'm not so much an engineer as I am an innovator, and there is a difference between the mm. two. And so I love to look at a problem that might not currently be solved and say like, hey, what can we take away from the current solutions that have already addressed previous problems, um, blend those together in like a nice medley and see if we can't fix this problem sure. as well uh, and serve the community while doing it. Um, and so I try to... Um, I guess like creation is a huge thing, right? Yeah. Where you're just taking pretty much something from nothing, right? And yeah. able to, uh, whether it's to solve problems or to find different solutions for different questions or issues or whatnot. Yeah, and, and I've found that has been my longest standing uh, quality or mm. skill, you might call it. Um, like ever since I was little, I loved designing and drawing, hence like, you know, wanting to be a car designer. Um, but I find that those skills and those passions are applicable in different industries. So like right now, I currently work for um, a DeFi crypto based hedge fund. And a lot of those architectural creative skills apply to this area. Like how do we build this from just taking it, someone's personal portfolio into mm. like a full on business? Yeah. And what are all the pieces that need to go there if I don't know how to do them? Who knows how to do them? Yeah. How can we bring this all together? And so it's a lot of that uh, creative energy that starts to structure things together. Mm. Um, but at the same time, you know, making sure that um, before I start my day, and this is what I do personally, is I'm just sitting and I'm praying and I'm asking God, you know, like, I need you to lead me today because I the further I get, and this is, I think, what they call imposter syndrome and a lot of like mm. upper executives or people who have done something very important tend to find themselves in this place. And I would also add on to this, I would never trust anybody who's in a leadership position who is more confident in themselves than all of the experiences or I should say all the possible outcomes of life. Mm, that's a dangerous um, place to it's be. It's a very dangerous yeah. place to be. And so, you know, walking in humility as I'm leading and it's this funny contradiction of you, if you would think before you got to that place that you would really know what you're doing. And obviously mm -hmm. nobody wants to hear this, but these are the thoughts of people who lead in humility. Mm -hmm. And these are the people who lead well because everything is not on their backs. Mm. It's dispersed out over a team, it's right. dispersed within community. And so to be able to have a leader, leadership influence of whatever your slant is, whether it's creativity or being analytical or whatever it may be, leading with humility, humility um, shows up as influence in the marketplace mm. and what the world is now crying out for as businesses are burgeoning and finances of you know countries are prospering um are leaders who lead in humility um and leaders who are willing to say like hey maybe i didn't get right this time and still being able to accept people who are hurting 
and their comments and mm. whatever they may have to say about your leadership ability, right. basically like washing mm. your feet, yep. washing their feet, sorry, like mm -hmm. accepting what they have like as a biblical reference and saying like, okay, but I'm still going to wash your feet. I'm still serving you. Yeah. I know I hurt you. I take responsibility for it. I know I didn't do this right. I take responsibility for it, but let me wash mm -hmm. your feet and let me show you like I'm here to serve you and this isn't a conglomerate just for my benefit. Yeah. Given all the um, experience that you've had, just even you know through college, into robotics, into Singapore, into different um, experiences that a lot of people probably wouldn't normally have, where you know most people just end up growing up in their hometown, maybe staying around the vicinity, but you just being able to almost be this jet setter, this world traveler, have all this different um, cultural experience. And now being um, in the Hawaiian Islands, at least for the time being, what's the next chapter ahead for Nico de Grange? Uh, I think um, it's just getting to know people more, uh, which is what I already do, but just mm. being more intentional, even more intentional with my time. Uh, really loving on people um, and this gets thrown away a lot of the times in business because we're like oh you know I can't fully love and run a great business and history would have that otherwise yeah we see a lot of the kingdoms that fell were because people weren't loving and weren't serving mm. and they were in it for their personal gain no and fully. we tend to always think today that we're smarter than the people who have failed in the past and there's evidence for that mm -hmm. but we're still humans and we still suffer from the human condition and so if we still fail at the same thing that caesar failed at or nebuchadnezzar failed at like we're gonna fail too there you know if you don't fix a heart problem then you fail mm -hmm. because why would you be in charge of stewarding more if you can't actually take care of people yeah an observation that i have about you as you're mm. as you're meeting all these different people yeah. um yeah just this openness that you have as a person uh, in terms of allowing people into your space. And uh, yeah, it's just something that I fully just appreciate about. Oh, cool. Yeah, just Thank your you. receptivity. Um, we're down to our last two minutes and I just want to give you a little moment um, to address this camera in front. If there's just anything, uh, yeah, maybe there's a venture that you're working on. Maybe there's a message and encouragement that you have, but just kind of want to give you free range just to have a little moment to just address our audience. And yeah, I would say never let the present moment uh, define where you're going to be uh, tomorrow. Uh, we can only ever know today in the present moment. Uh, we can make plans and they fail and you have to be willing to roll with the punches. Um, but mainly just to be encouraged. Um, we, there's an ancient proverb that says, uh, man plants his steps, but God uh, establishes, man plans his way, but God establishes those steps. Um, and that's very true in the lives, the lives of most people uh, that, that I have met throughout the years. Um, anyone who's ever done anything great has always been intentional, but they've always been willing to adjust to the course of the uh, um, trials and tribulations that life throws at them. A lot of them may have never anticipated to be where they're at uh, because there were just so many surprises along the way. But their unique skills, or their giftings, the character that they've built along the way has made them uh, a perfect fit for what they're, they're currently in. And so uh, grab onto something that is uh, everlasting, that's, that allows you to carry that influence in whatever way you might. 
um, and accept each day with curiosity. Right on. Well, that's all the time that we have. So I just want to thank you, Nico, for, yeah, just our divine connection. And then just, I'm sure you didn't plan to come all the way here to be on a podcast. Yeah, but right. Here you are, right? <laughs> um, but just being open and receptive to just the start of many more conversations that I'm sure we're going to have. And yeah. so I'm going to leave Nico's uh, information, uh, his book, all these different kinds of things in our description uh, below. But other than that, thank you again, brother. Really, thank really you, appreciate man. your time. Thank you, everybody, and God bless. Inspiration. I would love to thank you for hanging out with us here on I Am Talk. Hit the subscribe button to stay in tune with our channel. Oh, and don't forget to tap that bell icon to get notifications on the latest episodes coming your way. We're always looking for the next guests to talk story with here on I Am Talk. So if you just shoot me an email at alex at instantmersion.com, I'll be sure to shoot a guest application your way. Well, guys, it's all for now. Until our next episode of I Am Talk, this is Alex, and I'm out. Peace.